Son of Man Himself. What a revelation that has come to our eyes to see the coming and the glory of the Lord. And so, Father, as we come not to see one another, but we've come to see you high and lifted up in all your glory. Father, from the youngest to the oldest, may we have some word impact our lives that prepares us for this great body change. Lord, we're not looking to put in the words and what we know, but we want to be yielded to the Holy Spirit, that you will deal with lives and they will, it will have an eternal value. So we commit now the service, the preaching, and the hearing of the word to your divine care in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. God bless you all. Nice to see you. I had a little note here. I, I wanted to say, well done. You're off the road. That looked pretty good to come into the parking lot and there was no blockage. That, that was very nice to listen to the announcement on Wednesday. So as I said to my children, I'd rather, you know, tell them well done than what a failure. Did a good job. It's great. I'm sure that'll be an encouragement to our neighbors. Amen. We've had wonderful neighbors over the years. God bless you. I'd like you to turn to your Bibles, please, to Psalms 107. I'd like to continue on our subject. I'm sure we didn't touch, didn't even hit the tip of the iceberg last week on wonderful and that's what he is his name is wonderful and I'd like to maybe dwell on a little bit of a subject of thy love is wonderful to me Hallelujah. or thy love to me is wonderful I like to make it personal the gospel personal something that you can take home for yourselves and that you can see that this wonderful God that we serve 
is wonderful to you. Uh, Psalms 107, a reading first, please, verse 8. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to read it together. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of man. Verse 15. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of man. Verse 21. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children. Once is great, two is fantastic, three is wonderful. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. I'd like to thank you all for your kind comments, your flowers, your cards, your emails, your kind words. Over this last week with the passing of my mother, um, kind words have been an encouragement to me, your thoughts and prayers, thank you so much. All is well. All is well. It just so happened a week before I was, uh, before my mom passed on, I was in the doctor's office and you know, I don't know about your doctor, but wherever I go, doctor, it's a magazine that's probably 20 years old. Been leafed through and, and looked at so many times, and so I picked up one, and um, I just happened to just go through the pages just quickly, just waiting, biding my time. And I came across a quote from um, a chief of the Plains, and... Uh, His name was Crowfoot. He was the most powerful Plains chief, and he was on his deathbed in 1890. I just happened to read the quote. Didn't know how it was going to pertain, but it was going to pertain to something. And he says, From nowhere we came into nowhere we go. What is life? Well, I could have crossed that all out because we know where we've come from and we know where we're going. That's not a problem with me. But he said this, this line, I thought this is very, very good. He said, it, what is life? It is the flash of a firefly in the night. It is the breath of a buffalo in wintertime. It's the little shadow that runs across the grass and loses itself in the sunset. That's poetic. But I, I like what the scripture says. James 4 and 14 says, What is life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. So the time that you do have, grab it. The time that's given you, take a hold of it. You look at yourself, and I'm looking maybe at Caleb right here, a young man. He's probably older than I was when I first got saved. 21 years old I was and now here I am past 60 life is but a vapor and if you'd asked me where those 40 years went and try to put it together it's just like air just like a buffalo's breath on a winter day 
Time is short. Rapture's at hand. We should be happy. (laughs) We should be very, very, very happy. Can you imagine waking up with a text on your phone saying ballistic missile threat inbound? You know, the devil has a way of of really tormenting his children. I wonder if there was any believers on the Hawaiian Islands that had their arms up. Because before one bomb falls. I don't know about you, but that's real for me. They've got the world all in a hype and all in a worry and all in a tither and they don't know which end is up and they don't know if they're going to live tomorrow. They don't know. They just don't know. But we know. We know of all people we should be thankful for life has come by our way. I will sing of my Redeemer and His wonderful love to me. The love of Christ is so hard to explain, it will take eternity to even venture to understand the depth of it, the width of it, the height of it, the length of it, because it's infinite. No man could even tap the top of love, let alone the wonder of that love. It's amazing what God is. It's fathomless. And yet our finite minds trying to grasp the infinite thoughts of God. Can I say it this way? So that we don't get too confused on this subject because yet it is so vast. To know Him is life eternal. You can know Him. But on the other hand, can you comprehend Him? And thus, that is the question. You can know somebody and you say, well, do you really know that person? To know that person takes years. It takes years to really know that person. And so then we're talking about Jesus Christ, God Himself, who is a person. We might know Him, but do we comprehend Him? That comprehension of that kind of understanding goes beyond the mind of man. And that's why He is so wonderful. It's not limited to your understanding or mine. I didn't want to be, he said, I didn't want, Brother Ram said, in his wonders to perform. He came up on some hunters, rough hunters, rough, rough hunters. We're talking in the hills of Kentucky, we're talking about rough, rough. And Brother Bram said, you know, he was hearing them talking. 
And he didn't want to interrupt them because bullets seemed to fly very readily. And he didn't want to be a partaker of that experience. So as he was coming up to them and hearing them talk, he said, Good morning, gentlemen. And they were, they were talking some pretty rough talk. He said, They were a rough bunch of men who would kill you at the drop of a hat. Is that rough? I think you're on my page. If a prophet said they would kill you at a drop of a hat, I don't don't believe he's exaggerating the point. He said, when I said, good morning, gentlemen, he said, they jumped quickly to their feet. And this big fellow that had a long neck and Adam's apple sticking out looked right at me and his eyes pushed out. He jerked off his hat and swallowed the chewing tobacco. Now these were rough, rough men. But then Jesus came. Then the word came. And they swallowed his chewing tobacco. And he said, good morning, parson. Oh, if Christ is present right away, he said the world would change and respect it. If they could understand and respect the wonder of God. Look what happens when you respect the wonder of God. The wonder of the presence of God. Oh, he said, if Christ was presented and represented in its right way. The world will respect that. If there's any respect in them, certainly. He said that night, we left church. And he's talking about this fellow that just swallowed his chewing tobacco. He said he'd gone to church, he had a lantern in his hand, and he left the church not knowing the wonder of God. But he knew that this was the parson or this was the preacher that preached on the wonder of God, his wonders to perform. He had left the church with a lantern in his hand. And he said then to Brother Branham, he said, if I could only believe that God would forgive me of my sin. When I read that, I thought, Lord... Could we come to a place, I don't care how old or how young you are. That you could come to church with such a tender spot. To say, Lord, would you forgive me of my sin? This is a rough and ready fellow. This is one that would kill you at a drop of a hat, Brother Brenham said. 
And then says to him, the very next day runs into Brother Branham, who preached on his wonders to perform the wonder of God. And said, if I could only believe, I trust that there's somebody here this morning. If you're lost and don't know God, that you could come to a place such as this man, who said, I, if I could only believe that God would forgive me of my sin. He said, I've killed two or three men. I would say that's quite a confession. I know that I'm guilty and I'm a sinner. But when I seen those things happen in that little church, what was happening? The wonder of God. When I seen those things happening in the little church, I was aware that there is a true and living God. I am wondering, saints, as we enter to another year, that we can go back and we could see the hand of God that has moved in this little church. And that we wouldn't sit here and just say, now how is the preacher going to present the little message this morning? But we could be still awestruck. Still awed by the presence of God. Still awed that He could deal with the hearts of our loved ones and of our children and of our parents. Still awed. Still on the edge of our seat. Wondering if God is going to move on my behalf. I wonder whether we could get to that position or do we get cold and we get formal We come to church. Maybe we need to get our feathers ruffled a little bit. And let the Holy Spirit start to deal. And say, Lord, if Hawaii can get a a bulletin on their phone, say, get ready for an impending missile, then none of you are falling to your knees saying, Oh God, I need to repent. But you can lift up your hands and say, Glory be to Jesus. I left it all at Calvary. That it's not a myth and it's not a story that's told of years ago. But it is something of such a reality to you present this morning. I wonder... I just wonder whether there is a God that could save me. I've killed two or three persons. And you think, well, well, what have I done? I've never killed two or three persons. But if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're still lost as lost can be. Amen. What did he save me? I've killed two, three men. I don't know that I'm guilt. I'm a guilty sinner. But when I've seen all those things happen in that little church, I'm aware that there's a true and living God. I said, He will forgive you. There's your answer this morning, sinner friend. He will forgive you. 
He will forgive you. He said the very thing that you're hungering for in your heart means that He's working on your soul. So I'm not going to look up at the balcony as, as individuals or individuals here down below. I don't care what state you're in. But I know the God that was with that prophet is the same God that is amongst his bride that is here to save your soul. I'm aware there's a true and living God. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering, saints of God. Who made that person aware? That he needed God, but God himself. What a wonder. What an excitement. What an amazement. You sit here and wonder, where is is God going to do for so-and-so or so-and-so? Don't wonder about it. In the sense of question. Because that's not kind of wonder I'm talking about. I want you to wonder in amazement that God is going to save your child. God is going to deliver you out of your situation. Because He's a wonder-working God. We need to keep that alive to our children. It's not just going to church and hearing an exhortation and and a, a definition of a word. They need to experience God in the power of His resurrection. I said, of course He'll forgive you. He wants to forgive you. Very hunger in your heart means that He's working on your soul. Why? He said, because God dwells in light. If there is any at all, and I I want everybody to listen and, and, and please pay attention. You and myself included are the most privileged and honored people on the face of the earth at this very moment. Because if there is a change, I'm going to be in it. If there's a change, you're going to be in it. The very fact that God has opened the light of this gospel to you proves to you that you no longer sit in darkness. Amen. Amen. Now I'm just I'm gonna go slow here because I, I, I want you to see this. The very fact that you sat in the regions of the darkness or of the lost and the light of the gospel the wonder of that gospel, the awesomeness of that gospel, 
came down your way, you should never lose the awe and wonder of that experience. That is where a denomination does. It's just going to church. They have learned something. But when great light has sprung up, and you realize that you once lived in that region, and that light came by, and you comprehended it. Now remember now, we went on comprehension. How do we comprehend? You can know God, but can we comprehend God? Let's take a look at the word comprehended. And they comprehended Him not. That means they seized it not. It's not that they knew it. They just wouldn't take a hold of it. And for the very fact that light came in your region of your darkness and you comprehended it, it's not that you understood it. You seized it. And when you seized it, it changed you. And you become a wonder. People are wondering about the wonders of miracles. What's a miracle, Brother Tom? Well, maybe somebody that walks in these doors as they're doing right now falls dead. Heaven forbid. And that we would go and lay our hands on them and they would raise from the dead and we would say, that is a miracle. Indeed that was and would be. And yet you can look around the room today and you can see those that were dead, living. But you would class that more of a miracle than the brother that God saved. I would say the brother that God saved is a greater miracle than that was raised from the dead. Many people saw the wonders of God in this generation. For 33 years, they saw the wonder and awe of God. And where are they? And what did it do for them? But to those that are children of light, those that have the gene of God, once they see the wonder, they become the wonder. And that's why we can say, Thy love to me is wonderful. Can I give you an example that might help you on this one, on this subject? Brother Branham said, Just think, friends, that in my ministry, I have had... From the Lord alone, I've seen many, 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 many times more miracles performed than is written in the Bible. That Jesus Christ has done in those three years in my ministry. What did it do for Laodicea? It did not put them in awe. It did not put them also in wonder. Can I tell you why? 
they say statistically that the awe of wonder as we showed flowers, we showed mountains, we saw the handiwork of God last week. They say the awe of wonder lasts for nine minutes. So when you see that sunset, that's why I said there's always another sunset. And when you see that rising moon, you say, that's the most glorious moon. There'll be another one next month. Don't worry. So they say, statistically, that a wonder to a human being only lasts nine minutes. And that's, then I start to understand they could come into meetings and see them walk out of stretchers and wheelchairs and crutches and leave. And that awe was for nine minutes. Can I put it as Albert Einstein said, he who can no, not, can no longer pause to wonder and stand in rapt awe is as good as dead. Every time I come to church and I see different ones walk through the door, I look and stand in awe. And it would do you good. It would do you very good because then you would approach, I believe, the whole service in a very different way. I stand in awe when I see mothers that don't have Max Factor all over their faces when whole department stores are given over. And the spirit of the age is woman and beauty. And yet we see the beauty of holiness here. I stand in awe. I really do. I stand in awe. And I say, thy love to me is altogether wonderful. That there's no pull to it. There's no draw to it. There's no yearning for it. It's a marvelous thing to know that we're living in an age where Isaiah says, and darkness, darkness covers the earth, and gross darkness the people. But, but, the Lord shall arise upon thee, and His glory shall be upon thee. I say, to God be the glory. To me, that is a wonder. That is indeed a wonder. It is a wonder, young person, that your daddy is not a pervert. And you should thank God for the very fact you have a Holy Ghost mother and father that are in this church. The age is perverted. It's given over to perversion. Every news article is perverted. Hollywood has saturated everything. But God, rich in mercy, has shown you His wonder. And we are not of this world that only stand in awe for nine minutes. We stand in awe from now into eternity. I stand in awe. When I see a young man that's gripped by Satan and this message comes into his life, breaks the chain. To me, that's awesome. It's not a nod heading thing. That's 
why the scripture says, Praise Him, men. Praise Him for it. Doesn't say nod your head. Praise Him for His wonderful works. Your children should see your praise. That this is not a mathematical equation that you just comprehend something. You cannot comprehend God. You can know Him. And you can know Him in His might and His power. But to comprehend Him will take the eternities. Are you okay? I'm awestruck, Jason, every time I see a ski bum. Hold the expression there. I don't, I'm not calling you that. But that's what they used to call us 16 and 17 on the hills. And all our friends wanted to be on the mountaintop. And they called us ski bums. That's all we wanted to do was do it. But all of a sudden, something greater came into your life. I said, that's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome that a ministry has come in this generation. One quote says, the Lord has done more in my ministry than all that was in the Bible. And it only kept the attention of Laodicea for nine minutes. And they left the church and wanted to hear their name again and again and again. But what did it do to you? What did it do to you? It illuminated something that made that awesome God a reality. Not looking for another miracle. You became a miracle. I'm a walking miracle. And that's what your children need to know. That the God of Daddy reigns in this house. The God of Mommy is at this kitchen table. Quote, take that rod. He's done more, many, 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 many times more in my ministry. Than all those written in the, was written in the Bible. And the Bible says the world can, couldn't contain the books. I say he's an awesome God. He's a wonder-working God. And how do you comprehend that? Then he goes on to say in the token message, he's had more success right here. Right here. He's talking about Jeffersonville. Right here. Then he did at Capernaum and in Nazareth. He done more miracles right here in this tabernacle than he did in his entire ministry. I don't need to vindicate the message. The message is already vindicated. All I saw was an awesome God that was with his servant and I became in awe of the God that was with the prophet. The prophet didn't save me. Jesus saved me. People get this all mixed up. The prophet was pointing us to Jesus. John pointed to Jesus. And by the grace of God, I'll point you to Jesus. Thy love to me is wonderful. 
Think about it. His love for me. This message is vindicated. Can I, I okay, let, let's ask the balcony. Is this message vindicated? Yeah. Okay, sanctuary lower, lower balcony. Is this message vindicated? Yeah. Amen. The vindication does not mean just because it's vindicated, a person is going to receive it. Because many, many, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands were in the meetings and saw the vindication. But that's why I love the word vindicate has a very much deeper meaning. To vindicate in the scripture, as in Deuteronomy 32 and 6 says, For the Lord will vindicate His people and will have compassion on His servants. That word vindicate means He is doing His claiming. So when God vindicates the message to the believer, what He's doing by His vindication is claiming you. Another person just sees another sign, wonder, miracle. To you, God is claiming you. It also goes on to say, giving right judgment. So when God vindicates it to the elected seed of God, He is doing a claiming work and judging it to be true to you. Our God is an awesome God. Can I read you another secular quote that might help in some small way? A man who has lost his sense of wonder is dead. Have you ever seen anybody wonder at anything? Normally the jaw opens up. And you wonder at it. I wonder how many people really wonder at the message. Huh? That your jaw drops and you're in a rapture in awe of its beauty, of its power, of the strength of it, its unveiling of it. Oh, of it. And yet some people, mm, I don't quite see it. And, you know, Brother Brown made this. And what are you talking about? See, you're trying to understand him, comprehend him. But you need to know him. Yes. To vindicate. So when God vindicates something, it goes and derives from the Latin... Can I speak Latin this morning? Not Greek, not Hebrew, but we'll speak Latin. Vindicate us. So when God vindicates us, it's a vindication, meaning to set free. So God, by His vindication, is doing its claiming 
and setting free. One person looks at it and says, there's nothing to it. The sieging of God looks at it and said, I've been claimed. And I'm free. It's to lay claim. A vindicate is to lay claim. As a thing that is one's own. So when God does his vindication, he's doing his claiming, and he's saying, you're mine, Jordan. Well, you say, well, if it was just in the vindication, then the whole world should have accepted this message. True? When Jesus rose Nazareth, Lazarus from the dead, did all Bethany rejoice? Did everybody say, praise the Lord, the Messiah is here? Read your Bible. It says that they wanted to push him off a cliff. So you can say, the vindic- he, it, he was vindicated by saying, I am the resurrection and the life. But he only vindicates to the elect. He does the claiming to the elect. So you can say, if God vindicated this message to somebody else, it means nothing to them. Look at the signs, wonders, and miracles. God doesn't do it by signs, wonders, and miracles. He does it by revelation. So when he vindicates something, God causes a revelation to take place within the heart of the believer. And you see the claiming word saying, you're mine, Charity, you're mine. The devil can't have you no longer. You're mine. Then we can have pause to look around this room and wonder. Not wonder why would God say them. See, you've got that wrong word in your mind again. But a wonder, an awe. That God should save a sinner such as I should change his sorrow into bliss. This indeed is a wonder of wonders. Oh my. We got you standing to your feet last time, but I just want you to sit in your seats this time and just drink it in, all right? Are you amazed that He loves you? You know where amazement comes from? Wonder. I'm amazed that He loves me. Amazed at the grace of God. You got to pray for me, saints. I got too much hay on my fork. Wonder, here's the quote, is a short-lived emotion. It's powerful and only holds gray-headed to nine hours. Nine days, says another one, is the longest period they have found that can keep somebody in raptured awe. For nine hours, nine days... I want to say that there's a people here that are going to stand in awe and are in awe from now and forever.
The scripture says in Psalms 136 and 4, To Him, to Him, who alone doeth great wonders. To Him, who alone doth great wonders. For His mercy endureth forever. For He alone doeth great wonders. Church can't do it. He alone. A teaching can't do it. He alone. He alone has done the wonder work in your life. He alone, David writes in Psalms 136 and 4. He alone doeth great wonders, for His mercy endureth forever. Let's turn to Joel 2.25. Very familiar scripture to the believer. Joel 2.25. I'm so happy to hear some rustling. Not sliding of the fingers. I bring my Bible and my iPad to the platform if you've not noticed. When they say scripture reading, I read my Bible. Not to put anybody in bondage. <laughs> Never. Time should go on. Who knows what's going to be replaced. But Joel 2 and 25 says, I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I set among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And, what does the Bible goes on to say? Praise the name of the Lord your God that has what? Dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. God, He alone doeth great wonders. He alone has dealt wondrously in your life. And once God starts dealing, He does not stop. Does everybody get that? Well, God doesn't deal with me anymore. Did He deal with you? You got to ask yourself first that question. If God dealt with you once, He will continue to deal with you. To move you into where he wants to get you. Because he only deals wondrously with his elect. Keep that in focus. God's elected lady. He dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Question, redundant. Has he dealt wondrously with you? Is that an affirmative? That he will continue to deal with you wondrously.
something that is wonderful as we made the definition maybe help you again by going over it for one minute. Something that is wonderful is something that's incomprehensible, which is something that's extraordinary. That's something that is surpassing. And it's something that certainly excites the amazement. It comes from its masculine form in the Greek, peli, which means from its root, it's wonderful. It's incomprehensible. It's a mysterious hiddenness to it. It refers to something so awesome, it's beyond human comprehension. That's pretty powerful. To see what the wonder and definition truly is. I wonder, or can I say, am I amazed? Or could I say, was Ruth in wonder when she fell into Boaz's field? I'm asking you that question. I know. I would be pretty much awestruck. A Moabitess, a heathen, walking to Bethlehem, landing in the most wealthiest man's field. And he falls in love with me. Huh? Is that not what happened to you? Surely you should be awestruck. Surely you should be in wonder. How did you land in this field? God predestinated you to this field. It's awesome. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Millions and billions of people have missed it. They miss the awesomeness of God. And I'll definitely get into it. They miss the wonder of God. And yet one here picked it up. One here picked it up. One there picked it up. Why? It was through that ministry God was vindicating to the elect. You are mine. The vindication isn't for the world. The vindication is to the elect. Do we get that? So you can't argue anybody on a vindication. Why would you? It's like two kids in a sandbox. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. My daddy's stronger than your daddy. Our church does miracles too. That has nothing to do with it. It was God vindicating his word. And by vindicating the word was God doing his claiming work for his elect. That's why he said, give him the word test. Give him the word test. If you don't see the word, you're not, there's no vindication. There's no wonder, there's no awe. You just come to church. You sit in the pew and you do nothing. There's no excitement about it. There's no awe about it. There's no wonder about it. Happy birthday to you, Mike. Is it today, tomorrow, yesterday? Somewhere around this time. I know, don't get embarrassed. He's the, we call him the leader of our pack. 
He's the leader of the 63-year-olds. Now 64. Who would have thunk? Who would have thought? That God's vindication becomes so strong in revelation. It doesn't matter what happens, what comes, what goes. You are tied to the awesomeness of Almighty God. And you stand in wonder. The God that rolled off the worlds into his hands and spoke the mountains and emptied out his mortar box and made every beautiful flower by one thought. Couldn't get a better thought. Had you in his thoughts. Glory. And he couldn't have a better thought of you. Oh, let us stand in awe and wonder. It's so awesome. Ruth found herself a Moabitess in the field of Boaz. I'm sure she stood in awe and wonder. And God would so unite her with Boaz. Mm. I don't know about you. I'm just standing in awe that he would choose me to be the bride of heaven. And put seed in me that I could bring forth Christ. It's not just because I'm called. It's not just that thing. There has to be an inner work of what God's doing on the inside that you can say it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's not just knowingness and knowingness. It's now coming to that revelation of God now forming us. So I come to Bible way and I know Brother Brown's a prophet. Are you in awe of that? Are you in awe of it? Are you standing in awe that that word has been vindicated to claim you? I hope you stand in awe this morning because that vindication of claiming was to take you out of this world and make you a part of God. Oh my. My, 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 my. Hello, Esther. The nobodies. The nobodies. Nobody. God has to dethrone the whole nation. Dethrone the whole world. Dethrone, church. Throw it out the window. Say, she cannot be my bride. But that there is going to be an Esther. I hope you stand in awe that you are Esther this morning. I stand in awe within the presence of the Lord. I better not sing. When I get to heaven, you know who I'm going to talk to? And this is really going to throw you right around the curve. You know who I want to talk to? I want to talk to Rebecca. I do. I do really want to talk to Rebecca. I wonder what she was doing in the kitchen. I wonder what she was thinking. Is there any man for me? Look how old I am. Boy, it got quiet in here. I better look at this group of people then. Uh, There's no ladies. Oh, yes, there is. Charity, there you are. (laughs) 
<laughs> Forget I said that. But I wonder what she was doing. I wonder what she was doing. I wonder what she was thinking. I wonder what that was. I wonder what that was, you know, where, how, huh? Cleaning mom and dad's sheets again. Making more pita bread. Whatever bread they were making. Hmm? She's doing everyday work. She's just doing everyday work. But Brother Bram said an angel beat Eliezer. And whispered to her ear, Go to the well. I wonder how God started to deal with you. Are you in awe? That God has to send a, a camel train to pick up Rebecca. And surely, Sister Shirley, you can see the hand of God that would move to get a Rebecca could get you, Shirley. Could get you, James. Could get a hold of us. Whether we be in China, Africa, Canada, America, God knows how to get us. Are you in awe? (laughs) And are you in awe that you actually see the vindication? How about that great woman that had a roommate and a bed there and a lamp and a chair for the prophet to come by away? Rejected by Israel, yet she opened up her door. How about Naaman the leper? I wonder how awed and wondered he was. How about Jonah the prophet? The Bram said in one place, wrapped in seaweed. You know... It's an amazing thing that the fish would spit him out on shore. He could have spit him out in the middle of the Mediterranean. But God knows what he's doing. God knows how to get a hold of you. God knows how to get a hold of me. Amen. He's perfect. God is perfect to begin with. And perfection cannot progress anymore. It's already perfect. He don't have to say, well, this is a different age. We got a better thought now. If it is, he ain't God. So if he's God, what he has spoke back there, he has to stay with it. It's because it was perfect there, it's perfect now. So do you see it? He can't progress. Well, you mean, he can't in better things. He can't make it a little better. No, he can't. God only brings it more positive. His word is His word. All He does is make it more real. But God just brings His word more positive all the time. He don't have to refortify it and make it say something else. He just makes His word more real all the time. Then when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises the standard. How does he raise it? By making his word more real. By vindicating it. To be true. His name is wonderful. Can I say that again? His name is wonderful. But I want you to say, His love to me is wonderful. Because love 
lifted me. Love lifted me. Quickly, Second Samuel chapter 1. Second, Second Samuel chapter 1. Here's the news coming to David about Jonathan's death. He said, I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of woman. How are the mighty fallen? And the weapons of war perisheth. What a love Jonathan and David had for each other. What a love. And thus this is where my title comes from. Thy love, his love, thy love to me is wonderful. Jonathan's love to David was wonderful. David's love to Jonathan was wonderful. And the prophet said, if you don't see Christ in every sentence... Read it again. Jonathan's love to David was wonderful. Tom's love to Jesus is wonderful. Jesus' love to Tom is wonderful. I want to say to you, God's love to you is wonderful. It passes what this world can give you. It passes what Laodicea tries to throw at your feet. It surpasses anything. That Satan's Eden wants to create to take away the stimulation of revelation. You don't think your child is getting stimulated. Some of, one of the brothers said, I think it was at the deacon's meeting. He said, you know, they're tired of hearing about their children having smartphones. And I thought, that's a, that was a, that's a good statement. That's a very good statement. Because Brother Bram made the same statement. He says, they're tired of hearing about hearing, ladies, don't cut your hair. But he said, the more I preach on it, the more they cut their hair. The more you preach on smartphones, the more you have them. You don't tell me the devil's trying to put one over on you. <laughs> I guarantee you, if I ask for a show of hands, how many don't have a smartphone in here, it would be very far and few between. Thank you, Sister Eileen. (laughs) And she was not ashamed to say that. (laughs) I loved how Brother Briscoe said years ago, he says that you either become a slave to it or you make it a slave to you. Use it for the kingdom, don't use it for the world. And you say, Amen, but you watch it. You let that serpent lay there, it's going to get you. You better have the Holy Ghost to keep you from it. And it will be a wonder to see how you conquer Satan in this Eden. He is creating. And you can say, I'm going to stomp 
upon Satan's head because his love to me is wonderful. I love his word over a smartphone. I love his word over an iPad. I love his word over shopping. I love his word over what Laodicea has. Why? You're in awe. Stand in awe. Continue to be in awe. You know why you're not in awe? You're not in the tapes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm old-fashioned. I know half of you don't even know what a tape is. I don't even know how to call it anymore. What is the proper... We say, well, it's in the cloud. Of course it's been in the cloud. It's been in the cloud since the 60s. Yeah, glory. They're just saying just a copycat. We don't have to get into that. If you aren't, I don't care what format you use. I don't care what format you use. You cannot listen to a tape and not stand or sit at your desk or at your chair and not be in awe of the angel of the Lord that comes on the scene time and time and time again. Everything cheapens when Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Glory. You try and put on your YouTube and put on a message where the angel of the Lord is standing right there and says to Brother Bram, say, now, sister dear, you've had a couple of operations. That's right. It's in your stomach. Oh, just excuse me now. He says, I've been in five places. I've been in five places. In one moment, he was in five places. I stand in awe within the message of the Lord. I stand in awe, lady. You've had stomach cancer. You've got this problem. You don't have it no more. YouTube message. It's true, sister. The doctor's standing right near you. You've had several, several operations. Now, don't think I'm, I'm reading your mind. Now he's battling reading her mind. She thinks he's reading her mind. He said, I am not reading your mind. I wouldn't know these things. Main trouble, he says, now it's in your back. Is that right? It's your back. That's what causes your stomach problem. Isn't that so, lady? He says, those things are true. She says, those are very true. And she goes on to say, they're very true. She says, now only God could reveal that to you. Is that right? He says, right then, I was in several different places. I seen what took place and it's true. Amen. You've had two operations. You've had five and other ones. I spoke to you, but that wasn't me. That was God speaking to you. You should be in awe. And the world tries to put it away. And you listen to those old Kenneth Hagins and those, you know, this Joel Olstein and all these other people. Yuck! If I just smile, if I grew my hair and waved it out and smiled at you and said, you know, just think positive. I just want your money. You wouldn't be here. 
because that's not your vindication. Your vindication is the word. And by that vindication, he claims you. And you should be in awe that you see the vindication of the Lord. Amen. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. You're holding your head like this. You got headaches. You're a musician or something. You're a musician. Don't you play something? Yeah, you're a stringed instrument. That's right. Brother. Now, the doctors aren't able to tell you what it is. They first think it's a migraine. Uh, There's a tall doctor looking at you, shaking his head. Migraine, migraine. He's mentioned that to you. Isn't that right? He said, it ain't no migraine. It's Satan. It's Satan. Now he's gone from you. You go believing. Glory. I say praise our God. See, I I seen you try to accept it. See, God in heaven knows. I, I don't remember you. If I'm mistaken... You're standing now. You're in a vision. I'm in a vision. You're in an auditorium. Like on the wings, on the side, like that. Oh, you were in a meeting in Zion. That's right. You tried to accept your healing. And Brother Bram now is trying to bring her. He says, you tried to accept your healing. You had your healing. But it's your faith that keeps your healing. It's your faith. It's not your emotion. It's your faith that keeps your healing. It's your faith that keeps your salvation. Your faith in Jesus Christ will keep it away from you. Do you believe I'm His prophet? Amen. Amen. I love this one. The Holy Spirit is moving over this building. Different one than last week. It's moving over this whole group. It's Almighty God. Satan, the devil is exposed. Come out, Satan, in Jesus' name. Leave the people. Every one of you are healed. I'm in awe that that God is my God and that God is here this morning. God. He said, look at God. God can heal you of your heart trouble. Every person that's got heart trouble, stand to your feet. Every person, stand right quick. Right now. So many pulling everywhere. Everybody's got faith. He said, the Holy Spirit's moving. It's settled over the building. It's moving all over. So much faith now. Can't You can't tell where it's coming from. Satan, you're exposed. And in Jesus' name, come out of the people. God bless you. You're healed. What is it? God coming in the midst of his people. But people just sitting back. People just sitting back. Entertain me, preacher. Entertain me. Why aren't you sitting on the edge of your seat? Why aren't you pulling for the brother behind you that needs to get salvation? Or the sister that's beside you? We used to be in earnest prayer because we knew who was saved and who wasn't saved. God, deal with that person. Speak. Use the preacher. Use it, Lord. Speak to them, Father. Oh, Holy Spirit. It just swept over the building just now. 
Can you imagine a prophet now standing there telling the thousands of people the Holy Spirit has just swept over the people? They were missing it. But there was a seed here, a seed here, a seed here. Vindicated, vindicated, vindicated. What was he doing? Claiming them. Oh, believe God. Believe God can heal you. Every person in here, believe God. Anyone that has a heart condition, stand to your feet right quick. Amen. It's not discernment. Just stand to your feet. Everywhere. Paul, everybody, you've got faith. The Holy Spirit's moving. It's settling all over the building now. Oh, dove of God, fly down from those banisters. This is poetry to me. I stand in awe when I read them. I stand in wonder. I trust that you this week, when you next tape you put on, the next book you open up, the next time you turn the pages of your Bible, you start to be in awe and in wonder of what God is wanting to do in your life. His name is wonderful. As I said already, His name is wonderful. He's magnificent. That means He's superb. That means He's breathtaking. That means He's amazing. That means He's astonishing. That means He's fantastic. That means He's brilliant. That means He's great. That means He's awesome. That means He's wonderful. Here's your vindication. Are you ready? Only the bride sees this. Were you, are you awestruck? Were you just, I hope you were awestruck right there. I hope you're awestruck. We went over and around the world and thousands came to his meetings. But then all, again, he just turns around and says, Only the bride sees this. I'm in awe. Me? Only the bride sees this. Therefore, we must be that word bride. And what is that word bride but the manifestation of this hour? Hmm. My. In the Pergamian church age, when Jesus was walking through the seven candlesticks, he said, I am the Word. If you want deity in the midst, then welcome and receive the Word. Short sentence. Jesus saying to the Pergamian church age, I am the Word. And if you want deity in your midst, then welcome and receive the word. Don't ever let anyone or anything get between you and that word. This which I'm giving you the word is a revelation of myself. I am the word. Remember that. I am the word. Remember that. I wonder... Here he comes now. 
Are we sufficiently impressed with then the word in our midst? Here we are on a Sunday morning. Here we are with needs within the body. Here we are with sons that need to be filled with God. Here we are with daughters that need an experience with God. Are we sufficiently impressed? Let me give you a thought. Let me give you a thought, he said. Let me give you a thought. Now, same, same paragraph. Let me give you, get you a thought here. How do we pray? We pray in Jesus' name, don't we? Every prayer is in His name or there isn't any answer. Now you get that? If you don't pray in His name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no answer. And yet in First. John 5 and 14 says, we're told this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we've desired of Him. Now we ask, what is the will of God? There is only one way to know His will, and that is by the Word of God. Lamentations 3 and 37 says, Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commandeth it not? He said, there it is. If it isn't in the Word, you can't have it. So if it's not in the Word, you can't have it. If it's in the Word, you can have it. Unless it's in the Word, you can't have it. There you are. There it is again. Jesus, the name, is the Word. You can't separate God and the Word. They are one. They are one. Then as many as received Him, gave He them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. We'll be wrapping this up. Now, he is standing in the midst of his church. No seven golden candlesticks. He's standing there revealing who he is in this last age. He calls himself the author of the creation of God. This is another creation. This has to do with the church. It's a special designation of himself. He's the creator of that church. The heavenly bridegroom creates his own bride. He said, a little while in the world, the world order will not see me no more. Yet you shall see me. The church, the believers, the called out, the elect, those that catch the vindication. I, not someone else, but I, personal pronoun, I will be with you, even with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then, if He is the same today as He was then, He's the same Savior, He's the same Healer, 
He's the same high priest and He's the same Lord. He's just as He was then, only instead of being in a corporal body named Jesus. Are you listening now? Except in a corporal body named Jesus. God is living in His church. Your body. Are you in awe? Are you in wonder? God dwelling in your body, my body, that He has sanctified by His own blood, that He might cleanse us by the washing of the water of the Word and present to God a church without spot or wrinkle. Amen. And these signs shall follow them that believe. I'm standing in awe within the presence of the Lord. He is the Word and that Word is in you. The church has got to get to the ministry until the church and Christ become one. He can anoint you for every blessing that's in the Bible. We're closing, saints, but I want you to be in awe. Every promise in the book is... Come on, let's see those hands. Every promise in the book is what? Every chapter, every verse, every... Amen. Do you believe that? Then that God is in His church. You people, the bodies. I stand in awe within the presence of the Lord. That the presence of the Lord could dwell within this body. Within your body. That's why He says now the church has got to get to that ministry. Come on, church, let's grow up now. Let's grow up now. Quit your whining. Quit your complaining. Start believing. The church has got to get to this ministry until the church and Christ become one. He can anoint you for every blessing. That's awesome. That's awesome. I wonder if a daddy could put his hand on his son. A mother on her daughter. And God anoints you for every blessing. Bless my son. Bless my daughter. Bless this church. Bless this ministry. That's what we're believing for, aren't we, church? Don't we want to go home? The next item on your phone, get ready for rapture. in your heart this morning. Say, Lord, I want to be anointed for that kind of blessing. I want to be awed by the wonder of that rapture. I want to be awed by the opening of your word. I was going to wait for it, but since we're here, would you mind? I think I have one more quote somewhere here. Are you ready? Are you ready? 
Praise the Lord. We're in awe anyway, aren't we? Are we the vindicated of God? You are a vindicated of God. Brother Graham said, see, does not air at the shock. He must be about the Father's business. And we must be about our Father's business. Vindicating. Vindicating this message to be true. Vindicating that God has claimed you. Every blessing is mine. Every promise is mine. Amen. The devil on your case, Josh, you just tell him to get behind you. Don't you know who you're dealing with? A son of God. Don't you understand, Satan? This is Satan's Eden. You designed this. You got even the first Eden, but you ain't getting even this Eden. Amen, amen, amen. You might deceive that first Eve, but you will not deceive the second Eve because it's already been prophesied. This Eve will not fall. Glory. Don't expect the ministry to do everything for you, saints of God. We're just men just like you. We'll put our licks of fire with you, but you do battle. You be a Shamgar. You be a David. You be an Esther. You be a Ruth. You get awed by the opening of the word. Think about it now. That book was sealed throughout the ages. A sealed book. But there would be come a time when that book would be open. And I want to tell you, saints of God, it's no great mystery and do not grow tired of it. No more tired of Calvary. No more tired than the greatest event that took place outside of the resurrection is the opening of this book. I'll get that. I got, got, the, got, the, I got the quote for you for that. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to be awed? You've been awed all morning? Notice. It wasn't an animal that took the book. It was the lamb that came forth and took the book. That's awesome. For thousands of years, they've been waiting for that book of redemption to be claimed. Think about it, saints. When, when, when those seals were being opened, Jeffersonville was just sitting there with pen and paper. Just waiting for the prophet to come now. Waiting for that angel to open it up. But in another realm called heaven, there were shoutings, praisings, rejoicings, because the Lamb prevailed to open the book. Surely we can praise Him this morning. People, they, they, you know, and this is what Satan does. This is why I'm saying, you're not in the tapes enough. You're not in the books enough. You're not in enough. Because if you were in it enough, it would thrill your heart. It would thrill you to pieces. So well, I get it Wednesday night. That's not enough. Sunday night, some make it, some don't. That's not enough. Sunday morning, it's not enough. You've got to have your own personal walk with God. You've got to know that you are awesome. You are a wonder of God. And Brother Bram said in the church age book, you are the wonderment of all. But now here's the book being opened. Here's the book being claimed. Here's the book now. God. Now. Oh my goodness. Can you give me five more minutes? Well, that was weak, but I'll take it anyway. 
<laughs> he said he took the book right out of the hand of him that was on the throne. He was the owner, the original owner of the book Redemption. He took it in his right hand. No angel, no angelic being, nothing else could take it. But the bloody lamb walked out, took the book out of the hand. Whew. Brother Bram goes, what was it, brother? This is the most sublime thing in the scripture. Now that one hit me like a ton of bricks. He said, when the Lamb took the book, he said, that is the most sublime thing in the scripture. So I looked up the word sublime. It means wonderful. Awesome. Incomprehensible. And when the Lamb took the book, it was the most sublime thing in the Scripture. Amen. And an act that not an angel, nothing could do it, but the Lamb took the book. The kinsman redeemer took the book. What sublime statement that is. Then if we are of that book, and we have been born from that book, that is the most sublime event that ever took place in the scripture. I want to say you are sublime. Sublime. Magnificent. Awesome. That's why Satan has belittled you all these years. But the word of God is to lift you up in the heavenly places. To know that you are now the queen of heaven. That the word of God is working through his body. That you can have any blessing there is in that Bible. Every promise is yours this morning. What are you laying claim to? What do you lay claim to? He said that is the most sublime act. Most sublime thing in the scripture is the lamb taking the book. And I just wonder how many have read the seals. I'll leave that there. The most sublime thing that could ever take place. When's the last time you cracked your seal book open? And I hate it. Sorry for that kind of a language. It's a blessed book to open. The most sublime thing that could happen was the taking of the book. And do you wonder why I love this? Do you wonder why we've got pages falling out of this? Do you wonder why? Every time I read it, say, why did I underline that? That Elohim... That was with Abraham is the God Almighty that is with us. Amen. To me, that's awesome. Amen. That is wonderful. Amen. Elohim. And you wonder why we had. How many. Re, I'm, I'm closing this, musicians. Why don't you come? I'm going to just close with this. And you know the story. Know the story of the boy that eat the uh, pedal. Everybody know that story about the boy that ate the pedal? Because he was looking for sulfur. Right? And so they said, they wondered, they did say, why, why on earth would the boy eat the Why did he eat the pedal? Why was he eating the pedal? In the pedal was sulfur. And, they found, and, and Brother Bram turns around and says, of course he wanted sulfur because sulfur is from the earth where he came from. 
And so his body was craving it. And so he found the place that could feed the deep. And now here I am in 2018 wondering why I love the book. Because that's where I came from. That's where I came from. That's where you came from. That's why it's awesome. That's why it's wonderful. That's why it's glorious. And His love to me is wonderful. Do you love Him this morning? Do you love the Word? Love the presence of the Lord? I stand in awe within the presence of the Lord. Let's stand. be his holy 